Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. The bullpen today, my friend is back, Dave Spencer, host of Practically Political, the podcast, has a long history connected to politics and the culture of politics. He is a member of the Rockefeller family. All right, Dave, welcome. Always good to be back with you, Doc. Man, I gotta tell you, brother, always good to have you as well. We always have an interesting conversation. So we're going to chop it up about Marjorie Taylor Greene, the new lawsuit, and the judge, the federal judge, Amy Totenberg, saying that the lawsuit actually does, in fact, have merit. Uh, and it will be able to move forward. Uh, and, and if we have time, we'll get to um, we will get to some of the Senate races in Georgia. Uh, Herschel Walker being the primary. Uh, I don't want to presume what you know, believe about Marjorie Taylor Greene and this particular legal action against her in federal court. So if you would give me your insight, and I will then opine. Well, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is really when 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 she said that. Uh, Nancy Gaspacho was going to unleash the Nancy Pelosi was going to unleash the Gaspacho police. <laughs> you know, you had to laugh because she really represents the apotheosis of the dumbing down, the dimwittedness, if you will, of our party and how low the GOP has gone. It really started with Sarah Palin. You know, it used to be the party of ideas, of solutions, of intelligent debate, and now it's it's a it's a clown show and. Yes, I hope that the lawsuit proceeds, and I hope that she's not allowed to run. She's a disaster, but I think there are certainly better ways of addressing or trying to get people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of these other wing nuts out of Congress and out of the Republican Party. Listen, I agree with you on that sentiment. I do find it ironic, I find it really ironic that the administration is not saying any of this, that this is a citizen led lawsuit in her district. Like voters are actually the ones holding the government accountable to the US Constitution. DOJ has said nothing about this. The Attorney General is not saying anything. The Biden Harris administration, they're not coming out forcefully about it. And I think that's a great miss of the Democrats. In addition to that, I'm going to propose something to you that I've been thinking about for a while, Dave. I think We have changed as a culture through marketing and advertisement to where we have become more so consumers than thoughtful citizens. And I mean in general, okay? And I think that has permeated to the political class. And follow me, I'm going to go somewhere with this. People who say they are patriots are actually just purchasers. They are purchasing brands because we have become a binary culture And we're looking to be sold on something. We're looking to be sold on a brand. Now, I believe it permeates in the culture of the left, but I think it much more permeates in the culture of the right. And let me provide the reason for my conclusion. Donald Trump presented himself as an ultimate brand, okay? And he was a simple brand. And that brand was purchased by individuals that said they were patriots. I think we have dumped down our politics in America. We have become consumers rather than thoughtful citizens to a large extent. And it's up to independent free thinking people like those that watch my show, people like you, those that subscribe to your ideology to to figure out how to get this thing back on track, to bring more thought 
and more actual nuance to the conversation of politics. Do you disagree with me on that? No, I don't. And and I think that what's happened is that one of the reasons our political system is in a state of such disrepair is because we become so complacent. And I think that you also have the tribalism, the divisiveness. I think with the Republican Party, it goes back really starting with the Tea Party, with the purity. These people were more interested in making a point than they were governing. Our system requires compromise. We don't have a parliamentary system. So without compromise, things are not gonna get done. And here's a stat for you, in 1980, there were 60 senators who were considered people who would work across the line. Some of them were socially conservative, uh, Democrats, some of them were fiscally liberal Republicans, but whatever, we could get things done. Now there's maybe what, one, two, three people in, in the entire Senate. And so I think I this is one of the few, you know, this is where I give Trump credit. He got people involved in the system. Maybe a lot of it was because they got raged, but that's okay. There's a thin line between love and hate, just get involved. Yeah. And the turnout in the night in 2018 midterm went up from 34% in 2014 to 52% in 2018, that's great. So people are getting involved, but I do think that uh, you have in both parties a lack of seriousness. I mean, I, in, with the Republicans, it's not putting forth any policies. It's uh, obstruction, it's internalizing the big lie. Even mainstream peoples won't disallow it. And fortunately, the Democrats, and I said this before, it's fecklessness, it's incompetence. It's, it's like trying to hurt cats. And there, so that's one of the reasons that the midterms are looking really ugly. Yeah, uh, Democrats are likely to get destroyed in the midterms. Uh, you know, when you when you put forth your resume, that's what an election is. You put forth a resume and you say, "This is my resume. This is what I've accomplished, and this is what I can do." Uh, and I need you to elect me based on these qualifications. And then you get elected. And I'm talking about Democrats in particular, they get elected, they say, give me power to change things. You give them power to change things. They get elected and then they debate with the people who gave them the power to change things that they don't have the power to change things. Republicans on the other hand, if you grab nothing out of their playbook but this, it is a worthy grab. They know how to get power, maintain power and exercise power in ways that Democrats are still trying to figure out. Let me go to this actual court ruling, okay? So the court ruling is based on the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the US Constitution. I'm gonna read part of it. And it basically says, listen, if you've taken an oath to serve and you engage in an insurrection or rebellion against the government, or if you provide aid or comfort to those who did, you cannot obtain and maintain political office. Now, has it been used before? Yes, it has been used before. The last time, and I think this is the last time, it was used in 1919. Now, this is quite interesting, Dave. It was used in 1919 to refuse to seat someone who was considered a socialist to the US Congress. Not because they engaged in some kind of insurrection, all right? It was because they determined that this person gave aid and comfort to Germany during the First World War. So here's the comparison, and I want you to give me your thoughts on this. Marjorie Taylor Greene is going on Fox News and other outlets defending herself, saying that she never engaged in any insurrectionist activity. 
which actually may technically be true. That may technically be true that she did not engage directly like let's say a Jenny Thomas was at the rally or Meadows who was coordinating via text messages. She may not have been involved in that. But the constitution says or provided aid and comfort to those who did. She has clearly done that. And remember, the last time we used this provision of the constitution, it wasn't because somebody engaged in an insurrection. It was because of the or part that they engaged in providing aid and comfort to someone who did. And they considered that to be disqualifying. Based on the merits of actual the actual constitution, Spencer, do you think there's a real case against Marjorie Taylor Greene here? Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I will say that that by that standard, you could apply that to a lot of people in Congress, okay? Yes, there were even people like Mo Brooks from Alabama who were at the rally. But there were also people who incited it in many other ways. So I guess the question is, A, where if you get, if, if the suit is upheld, I'm sure it'll be appealed. I'm sure that there'll be issues. Uh, this is an Obama appointed judge, so there right. may be other judges that overturn it. But I guess my thing is, Doc, that if you really want to get these people out of Congress, and this is true not just with Marjorie Taylor Greene, but it's true with the, uh, you know, Lauren Boebert and Paul Gosar and and you know Andy Biggs and Matt Gates and all these wingnuts is, you know, they you're not going to beat them by running a Democrat in a district that's very heavily Republican. That's correct. I think you can beat them by challenging them with someone in the primary who isn't anti-Trump, but is actually somebody who wants to get things done. I think you're having more and more people in the Republican Party frustrated on a lot of levels that the things aren't getting done. And this is this is if if the party is going to really hope to take power and do something well, then let's start getting candidates in the primary who can challenge her, who say this she hasn't done anything. None none of these people have. So no, she's not even no committees. I think she has no committee assignments or not. You can apply it to a lot of other people, but I don't think yep. the courts are the best way to deal with this thing. I think the I think elections and primaries are. Listen, I get you on that. And I will say this, Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't even have any committee assignments. They took off of all of that, but she still remains one of the most popular conservatives in this Trumpite movement. Let's talk about the court. I agree it's not the best, but brother, you gotta understand, all of these layers of bureaucracy have continued to fail as far as checks and balances, what should have been ended up not. And I get the frustration of these citizens who have decided to not only put their lives on the line. Because believe me, they're getting threats. Believe me, their families are feeling the pressure of this. They also put up their money. They also put up their resources. They're putting up their time. They're willing to suspend normative life in order to protect democracy. And my point to you is, <clears throat> I agree that this entire thing hinges on what Republicans are going to do with Republicans or those who call themselves Republicans. The last stat I saw, it says to me that only 27% of conservatives are actually members of the Trump cult, so to speak, all right? Only 27%. So help me understand this, brother. If it's less than 30%, why is it that the tail is wagging the dog? Well, I haven't seen that stat. Now, I have seen numbers that, well, in February 20. 21, 75% of Republicans wanted Trump to run. And now that number is down to under 50%. But I don't really 
buy into that much. If you look at his control of the party and you look at the way these candidates are are just are just, you know, troping down to to Mar-a-Lago to kiss the ring. Uh, I don't I don't think his influence has really waned and I think it's I think it's uh it's a it's a real problem. As I said before, I don't think for many reasons that he's going to run again. But I do think the key is getting challenging people, getting good Republicans in the primaries who can challenge them. Because I think this law, again, you know, it's you're 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 gonna have it. It can work both ways too, in the sense that the people can say, well, this is a way that this person didn't support the Constitution, or and so, you know. Ted Cruz and Mike Lee say they're constitutional lawyers, but now the news is coming about about how they were working to overturn the election. It's just right. the the party is in it needs to be purged, and the way to do to do that is through the primaries. Again, not the courts. All right, I got one minute left before yeah. the the next show. Uh, let me quickly get you on record to answer this question: Do you think Governor DeSantis is a problem for the Republican Party too? Well, you know, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting point, Doc, because I thought that when Ron DeSantis started off, I thought he was doing a good job. He fired the Everglades Commission because they were in the pocket of the sugar industry. He got it right on COVID by allowing people to make their own choices and protecting the elderly. But then he's gone off the rails now. And I think particularly with the vaccine, banning vaccine mandates, and now this case with Disney, which by the way, I think both of them, this is a lose-lose thing because even in conservative parts of Florida, Disney is very popular. Yeah. But Bob Chapek, who took over for Bob Iger, I think has been very cowardly. Disney has a huge corporate culture, and if you don't fire, if you don't follow it, you'll get fired. And so they can't let 200 people set the set corporate policy. I think it's very craven. All right, so we'll see what happens. I wish I had more time to debate you on some of those dynamics you connected to Governor DeSatan. Uh, but we'll do that another time. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate you, brother. Doc, always great being with you. Thanks. Same here, man.